singularity. I think we would start on time because uh, I'm one of those pedantic ones who actually uh, like to hold others to very high standards. And I also believe that you have to live your message. So whatever you expect of others, you have to deliver twice yourself. And anyway, we would start on time. So first of all, thank you all for coming here today. I know it's a, it's a Sunday morning, so it's kind of early. Uh, for you to be here, and I really appreciate you making the effort. Um, I'll try to reward you for being here in the following ways. First of all, this talk is called uh, 12 Steps to Your Podcasting Success, but I'll try and give you 15 or 16 if we actually have the time for it. Um, I'll also try to deliver as much value uh, in my conversation as possible so that you benefit from it to, to, to the best of my abilities. Um, that's, that's my starting point. Um, so as you would see, I don't actually have any fancy pictures or fancy slides or cool videos um, to begin with, not because I lack them. I actually, I have many of them. I could start with, you know, posting a picture of me with Steve Wozniak, for example, or writing in the Google Robocar, um, or going to NASA and living there for 10 weeks, meeting people like Peter Diamandis, Ray Kurzweil, astronaut Dan Barry, going to visit Google, Facebook, Tesla, um, and a number of other incredible places. But the reason why we're here today is not for me, but it is for you. Um, and that's why, to the extent that I will give you the details of my story, it will be just so that you see what's possible and that if you see how you know, I kind of stumbled into podcasting and without any background or proclivity for doing it in the first place and how far it's taken me so far. And I'll share some of my successes and some of my failures on the way and give you what I believe are some of the crucial tips that I discovered for myself to be very important if you want to achieve any kind of podcasting or social media blogging success nowadays. So, um, first of all, let me begin by saying this. The, the reason why I started podcasting is because I failed. And I, I failed in getting a job. So, uh, I went to University of Toronto as an undergrad. I did political science, philosophy, and economics. I had a master's degree from York University in international relations. I was focusing on um, armed conflict. And my major research paper was on the topic of artificial intelligence in times of war. So I was doing research on the drone attacks in Afghanistan and Pakistan, which in 2006, 2007 was actually very cutting edge, very new pioneering stuff. There was very little said and very little written on that topic. So doing the research for that basically exposed me to an amazing book that changed my life. That's called The Singularity is Near, written by Ray Kurzweil. And I don't know if you're aware, but Ray Kurzweil is a genius in a number of disciplines. Um, anyway, that book totally changed my worldview and totally changed the way I see the future and see humanity in general. It exposed me to topics such as the technological singularity and transhumanism. Uh, so after I 
finished school, basically, uh, it was about 2009, kind of the peak of recession. I stopped counting how many resumes I sent out after 200. My guesstimate would be I sent about 300 resumes and I had one single interview. So total absolute failure, right? So that's how I started podcasting. So I, the reason why I'm sharing this is to say that, you know, you can really turn failure into success and sometimes you have to fail to succeed and sometimes without you knowing it and I have many cases of my life experience on that topic but sometimes you're failing and you hate it but in the long term it turns out it's the best thing ever happened to you and and in retrospect it's always nice now it always hurts in that moment but in retrospect it's always nice so what happened then uh, one of those failed applications was to a blog called Singularity Hub. Now, Singularity Hub is the biggest blog in the Singularity niche. Uh, fantastic blog. And, of course, I never heard back from them. They had a, an open call for freelance writers. I sent my application. I never actually heard from them back. Now I know the guys. I know the owners. We actually had some partnership negotiations. I mean, how things change. But... At the time, nothing. So two weeks after I sent my original application, I thought to myself, you know what? I kind of read about these things for the last two years. Maybe I can do this on my own. You know, I, I don't have actually any technical knowledge. At the time, I didn't. No programming, no HTML, no web design, nothing. But I thought, well, technology is advancing, the world is changing, perhaps it's worth a, worth a try. So the first thing I did was I started an HTML website called singularitysymposium.com. And uh, the first two or three iterations were absolutely ghastly. They were horrendous. Absolutely, like, I'm ashamed just when I think and imagine how they looked, they were absolutely horrible. Uh, but the good thing is that they were just steps on the way to improving. So, you know, when you do something for the first time, don't beat yourself too much that you suck because you probably would. I mean, anyone would. But if you do it 10 times over, you'll be better. And if you do it 100 times over, you'll be really good. So, I mean, today's masters are yesterday's disasters. So, and I'm certainly no exception to that. So, basically, six months after I started the website, I discovered WordPress. And the cool thing about WordPress is that if you can actually type in a Word document, you can actually blog. That's how easy it is. So I started my blog six months after it, and that's called singularityweblog.com. And again, just like the website, the first iterations, the first designs were very basic. The free thing, basically, nothing special. And uh, another six months after the blog, uh, I discovered podcasting. But uh, I had serious fears, even bigger fears, to become a podcaster and to begin podcasting, not only because I lacked any technical expertise whatsoever. I, I knew no sound design or engineering. I didn't know the technology. I didn't know the equipment. I knew nothing. But also, as you can see, you know, uh, English is not my first language. I have a strong Bulgarian accent. I've been in Canada for about 15 years. So my biggest concern was, 
would actually anybody give a damn and care to hear a podcast with a guy who you know has a very strong accent and my fear was probably not right so i was kind of really fearful about that so again one thing that i've discovered is that the things we fear the most quite quite often we have to do uh, at least for me i found I, I find i'm kicking and screaming and you know, a couple of weeks later, I turn my head back and I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I actually did that. But it's done. So you thought it's impossible and, and you thought you'd be horrible at it. But then when you look back, it's like, oh, it's done. That wasn't that bad. And so I started podcasting. And uh, um, I was basically... So let me just skip forward and, and tell you where I'm at right now, and then I'll, I'll roll the tape backward for a specific reason. So where am I today? Today I get about 50 or 60,000 unique visitors to my, my websites and my blog. Um, I've peaked each, month? each month. 50 to 60. I've peaked, yeah, five zero. 50 to 60 unique. That's actually not that much to tell you the truth. I've picked a couple of times. Just one, one month I was 170 some people short of 100,000. And I was like, oh my God, come on, 200 people, please, someone. Right? But, and that happened twice. But, um, on the podcast end of things, uh, I have had about half a million episode downloads and views altogether. And the way that breaks down is, I have, if you go to my YouTube channel, I have about, right now, about 152,000 views on YouTube. And I have about uh, 360,000 um, audio downloads, which sort of divides between iTunes, Zoom, BlackBerry podcast, and direct audio downloads. Uh, so when you aggregate all together, it's about uh, half a million. So that's where I'm at today, all together. No, no, all together, since I started podcasting, not monthly, no, I wish. Um, and on the, so that's in terms of traffic and in terms of uh, uh, sort of reach. Uh, but in terms of adventures and benefits, um, I'll tell you, um, I'll tell you later. So let's see how. How do we create value for you guys? Well, the first step that you have to have in mind when you're looking to begin a podcast is this, in my view. You have to start with the end in mind. You have to start with why. So why do you want a podcast if that's what you want to do? Is it because you want to raise your profile? Is it because you want to reach more customers? Is it because you just love talking on a certain topic? Is it because you want to join a certain community? You have to be very clear about your goals and, and your reason and your motivation. And you have to be convinced that it would allow you to persist because podcasting is not a sprint, it's a marathon. Especially in the first 10 or 20 episodes when nobody gives a damn and nobody listens to you. So you have to be ready and you have to be committed for the long run. The short run doesn't work with podcasts. Uh, you can't build community if you're there for six months. Uh, at least in my experience, it takes years. It doesn't happen overnight. And it's very painful, and you have to struggle for every single person. Um, so 
you have to love it. And so that was my original motivation. I love the topic. I think that the technological singularity, the advances that we see in genetics, robotics, nanotech, artificial intelligence, synthetic biology are going to transform humanity as we know it. I think transhumanism uh, would be a topic that we all have to contend with sooner or later. And that's why I started it. But if you persist long enough, then you're given other reasons. And those other reasons come from, from you, from, from the audience, right? So I just want to read you two very brief um, uh, referrals from, from members of my audience. And I mean, I have hundreds. You can go and read uh, on iTunes. I have five stars on my show and stuff like that. But the first one goes like this. That was a tweet somebody sent me. So all of those are public record. They can be confirmed. You can go and read them, by the way. I found your site today, watching and reading for 10 hours now. The weekend is going to be awesome. Now, tell me, how couldn't or wouldn't this make your day? I mean, that totally made my day. That's like, wow, how could I ever stop podcasting now, right? Another guy. My friends and I are driving back from our beach vacation today, and my phone is loaded with your podcasts. Thanks for an interesting drive, Socrates. Matt Chory from Cincinnati, Ohio. I mean, people like this totally, totally blow my mind. And that's why when yesterday uh, somebody was in another session was talking something bad about the audience and about audiences of people, I wanted to say, you get the audience that you deserve, I believe. In martial arts, they say when the student is ready, the teacher shows up, and you get the teacher that you deserve. I think with podcasting is, is likewise. You get the audience that you deserve. And it doesn't happen overnight but because you have to build it, but it does happen. And so uh, these guys would go to war for me, and I'd be damned if I don't do the same for them. So... Income, money, we'll get there hopefully uh, if we have time. So as I said, number one is start with the end in mind. Start with why. Number two is do your homework and start with the right, right foundation, right? This is very important. So how do you do that? Well, you do it very easy. You figure out your niche. Say, I want to talk about hockey or I want to talk about movies or I want to talk about technologies. Figure out who are the best people in that discipline that you want to talk about. Figure out who are the most incredible people and just learn from them. I mean, you don't want to learn from mediocrity, right? Because that only produces more mediocrity. You want to learn from the best. And the, the funny thing is that those people, uh, however busy they are, they're most of the time I found in my experience, they're very nice people and they're very open and they're also very willing to give and help others because they know how they started. That's why, for example, I'm always trying to say yes if some new podcast asks me for an interview because I know how tough it is to get those first ones especially, right? So I'm always looking for a reason to say yes. No matter how horrible their recording or their knowledge is, I'm always there for them. So um, when it comes to podcasting in particular, I've learned uh, from a very cool, cool guy called uh, Cliff Ravencraft, who has a website called podcastanswerman.com. Fantastic guy. Uh, and he has a, even a, a free online course, which is called Learn How to Podcast. 
Now, he offers also a paid course, so you guys might want to check this one, but I personally just run with the, with the free course, and I loved it. And, you know, in time, you can build up your knowledge. Again, it's not going to happen overnight. You learn one episode at a time. So that's basically the second point. Learn from the best. Don't waste your time with anything less. Number three is buy your own domain, please. Please buy your own domain, I beg you. Don't waste your time going and starting on a syndicated website like Linksid or, you know, Podbean or whatever, you know. Uh, my sister-in-law, my wife and, and her sisters have a circus company, and my sister-in-law had a circus blog on Blogger. One day, they decide for, for whatever strange reason to take down her blog. Just like this, gone, right? She worked on it for a year or two years, gone, just like this. Took my brother-in-law a whole month to basically be able to get the backup from them somehow and then put it somewhere else. But what I'm saying here is that if you don't have your own domain, you're always running the risk that somebody could shut you down anytime for whatever stupid reason and for whatever stupid rule that they may have and they are not even obliged to give you an explanation and you have no recourse because they own you. So you're basically working for somebody else. If you build your own domain, you're actually creating equity. It's like a real estate property, right? You take it as a wasteland in the beginning, then you start clearing it up, you start building a building, you start bringing traffic to it, and you know, a couple of years down the road, you can start actually be valued at real money. For, for that thing. So please start with your own domain. It costs like eight or 10 bucks, right? And, and you can go to nice uh, domain registers like Hoover, for example, uh, and then to, to host your video and, or, or audio. Uh, what I personally use is for video, I use either YouTube or Vimeo. And for audio, um, I use basically Amazon S3. Now, you can still use, for example, Libsyn or, or Podbean to basically just hold and host your audio, but make sure that you have your own domain and people are pulling that audio and listening to it from your own domain. That's the key. Okay, so step number four. Step number four is start an email list, right? So if you notice, I, I haven't even talked yet about the equipment and any of that. But I think email list is crucial. It's one of the most important things that you can do because this is the most valuable asset that you will have is not your domain, is not your blog, is not your recordings. It's the relationship you have with these people. That's, so if, if my domain goes down tomorrow, I know I have 1,300 people, maybe 1,320 right now, that I can send an email to and I will get a good amount of clicks on the next day on a new domain of mine. Why? Because I've been delivering good content to them for four years now. We have a good relationship. They trust me. And they know that I will not waste their time. And therefore, they will be there for me. So that's the most valuable asset that you have. Your relationship with your audience. Nothing else. No technology. No domains. No money can buy that kind of value for you. That's the most important. So... As soon as you put your domain up, get an email list going. What I recommend for this is MailChimp. MailChimp is actually the best in my view 
but not only it's the best, it actually gives you the ability to have an email list for free if you have under 2,000 subscribers on your email list. I have been doing this for you know, three and a half, four years, and I only have about 1,400 or 1,350 or something like that. So I'm still in the free bracket, and, and they're amazing, right? So I think you can't beat that. All you need to do is copy and paste the email list code into your form on your blog, and that's it. When the people come there, if they appreciate your work, uh, maybe not the first time, maybe not the second time, maybe the seventh time, as they say, but eventually they would give your email, and this is how you then create a, a weekly newsletter where you can update them on your content, content changes as they happen. So number four, start an email list. Number five, five is now we can talk about the, the recording devices, right? So recording devices are important, but they're really, in my view, not the most important thing. And if you want to just get going and if you don't have any money, you can totally start with an iPhone or any other smartphone nowadays which can record audio and video, and you'll be set, right? So you don't actually need to invest any more money to begin with. If you want to have a little bit better sound, and uh, I personally started with uh, a microphone called the Blue Yeti microphone. Uh, eventually, I upgraded to a Rode Podcaster, uh, which is a fantastic mic, and I've been using that pretty much since the fifth or sixth episode of my show. Uh, it's, it's fantastic. Can you see what the first one was and the second one? Sort of basic price point. Okay, so, so the Blue Yeti, it's, it's about $120, $30 online. Uh, the other one is the Rode Podcaster. Uh, and, and, and the reason why it's called the Podcaster is because it comes with a USB jack, so you can plug it straight into your computer. I have bought it, by the way, with my whole setup that you can basically put it on your desk and it's just fantastic. Can I say that I saved a lot of money by buying my little Yeah, I, I agree with that entirely. This is what I did, by the way, myself. I, I buy most of my stuff from B&H, uh, and that's exactly, I bought the stand, the desk stand, and the shock mount, and I've never looked back, personally. So that's, uh, now, if, if you're doing the kind of podcasting when you have to go somewhere, I, you can use your iPhone, but I would personally recommend a good start uh, would be the Zoom H1, which is about $70 or $80, and then if you go up, you can go to H4 and stuff like that. Yes. Um, there's also something that uh, Rob was telling me about yesterday, and it's a little thing that lets you plug into your iPhone, and it's an XLR. So you can actually take an XLR microphone and plug it into that and have that go into your iPhone. Yeah, there's... Or your Android or whatever. Yeah, Diary Pre. What is it called? Diary Pre. It's a pre it has a preamp also, so you can even run uh, Phantom Power if you have a Phantom Power mic. It's the Irene. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and it looks really cool. I don't personally have a use for it, but if you are walking around and you know want good audio quality, you can pick one of those up and the next one. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I agree entirely with you, with that, guys. And there's almost an infinite amount of uh, uh, accessories that you can get for an iPhone nowadays. But uh, I personally, in this uh, presentation of mine, I want to stress the strategic end of things rather than the technical end of things. And I am totally willing to talk about any of the technical details more if it's needed afterwards. But let's focus on the strategy because I think that's where you reap the rewards, not in the kind of mic you have. So. Once you get your mic, you need some software. Again, so I'll just spit it out quickly and we'll move on. The software that I'm using is I use Skype for my interviews. Uh, I use Coburner to record video. I use uh, to record the audio. I use uh, VodBurner to record the video. Uh, then I use Audacity to edit uh, the audio and I use Adobe Elements to edit the video. And there's almost an infinite amount of other ways, and it depends whether you're PC or Mac. I'm personally a PC, and I'm proud of it because <laughs> I build them myself. So. <laughs> um, so number six, get the right software. Number seven, oh, by the way, I should open just a quick bracket and tell you, uh, don't worry about any of these details because tomorrow I would post all of my notes, all the links, all the references on my blog, including the video recording and the audio recording. So you would have absolute access to it. You can download the audio, download the video, see all the links. So I'd say just relax, focus, and enjoy it. Don't worry about the details too much. It would all be made available for you tomorrow. Sorry, what's your blog? Um my, web my business cards are here. You're free to take them if you're interested. So number seven, consider having video for your podcast. If you've noticed, uh, I said I have about 152,000 views on YouTube and 350 on audio sources. And here's how this has evolved. I mean, uh, let me ask you this before that. Do you guys know, of course, you all know that Google is the biggest search engine, right? Does anyone know what's the second biggest search engine? No. No. It's actually YouTube. YouTube is the second biggest search engine, right? That's how important it is because people go to YouTube to search stuff nowadays. And so you want to be on YouTube. It's vital. And YouTube is owned by Google. So Google loves YouTube, just like Google loves G+. So you have to be on G+, I think. But, and, and there's another progression. People want to consume your content in many different ways sometimes as text, sometimes as audio, sometimes in, as video, and each of them has its pros and its cons, right? So for example, uh, if you're driving your car or if you're working out in a gym, you don't want to watch a video. You want to listen to an audio. That's why all of my podcasts are made available as audio. But sometimes people like to see the real flesh and blood. Sometimes people want to see your facial expression. Sometimes people want to have that connection, right? And as I said, it's the second largest search engine. So you, it's good if you are on YouTube. And uh, the way my traffic has evolved is that when I started, I had about six to seven audio downloads to every video view. Now it's one to 2.5. So what that tells me is that YouTube is coming up more and more. I mean, every minute, there are 72 hours of content being uploaded on YouTube, right? So YouTube is becoming more and more popular. And yes, people are still downloading the, downloading the podcast as an audio, 
but they go and watch the video much more often than ever before. So I'd say consider having video. I mean, this is what we're doing right now. And the other benefit of that is that with one shot, you're killing three birds, really. I mean, we're going to record this now. So this would be my next podcast episode. So I'm going to put the video on YouTube. I'm going to strip off the audio. It's going to go, as I said, to Zoom, Blackberry podcast, iTunes, my blog. And then if you really have the resources and the time to do it, you can transcribe your session and put it up as a text. And that means you're giving your viewers and your readers three ways, three different ways to consume your content. And by the way, Google loves that stuff, right? So um, that's only one other way of, of scoring better with search engines and having a higher page rank. And it's also very time effective, right? As I said, with one shot, three words, that's pretty good. Um, <clears throat> so step number eight that I recommend is you should go for quality, not for quantity, right? I am not impressed when I see somebody with, you know, like somebody yesterday from one session was boasting they have 6,000 followers on Twitter or whatever, even if you have a million. To me, what matters is what's the kind of the relationship that you have with these people? How much do they care about you when you break your foot or when you you have any other trouble in your life? That's what matters because... (laughs) You know, I I found, and I'll tell you amazing stories. Let me give you an example. Um, So, one of the ways I approached podcasting very strategically, by the way, was um, in the following way. I've dreamt to go to Singularity University, which, as I said, is located on uh, NASA's Ames campus in Mountain View, California. And I've applied twice since they started the program. And I'm blogging on the topic, so I'm thinking, this is my place, man. I have to be there. And I've applied twice. I made it through the second and the third round, but I never actually got accepted. So then I thought to myself, okay, how can I actually improve my chances of being accepted? I mean, I can't really fundamentally change who I am in a single year, obviously. Uh, And as I said, when I was applying there, uh, for 80 spots, there were people from 110 countries maybe 23, 2400 people. This year it's double. And many of them have 30 years of experience and are professors in some of the best universities in the world or have incredible inventions or are entrepreneurs worth hundreds of millions of dollars. So that's the kind of people I'm competing with, right? And so I thought, okay, how can I improve my chances? Well, I can polish my writing samples and but there are some, some things that I can't change, right? I can't really change who I am. I can't really change my background too much. What can I change, though, is my letters of reference. Now, if I send letters of reference from here, from my professors at University of Toronto or York University, nobody really cares about them in Silicon Valley. They've never heard them. So I thought, how can I get the best people in the world in any discipline that's relevant, say, artificial intelligence, life extension, Uh, genetics, robotics, to write letters of reference for me? And the simple answer is with a podcast, right? So what you do is you get those people on your show, you interview them, and if you do a good job, you, you might end up impressing them. And this is how you start the relationship. A few months down the road, 
you can actually approach those people and you can say, look, I am I'm applying for Singularity University or for whatever you want to do and you want to accomplish. Would you consider writing a letter of reference for me? Right? So uh, what happened was I had three letters of reference. One is from Aubrey de Grey. I don't know what you know about life extension and longevity, but if you've ever seen any, the guy is 6'4", he looks like Jesus Christ. He's um, in every documentary about life extension, and he's basically um, anywhere on the topic of uh, defeating death scientifically. Anyway, uh, so and he's one of the smartest people I've ever seen in my life, some of the most eloquent <laughs> ones too. He's also on the faculty of Singularity University, which doesn't hurt. So after I've interviewed him twice for my podcast and I approached him, he was very happy to write me a letter of reference. Another guy, he's called uh, James Martin. James Martin lives on his private island in Bermuda or the Bahamas. I can't remember when I was, because I did the podcast some time ago. He's the largest ever donor to Oxford University. Gave them like a $150 million fund to start what's called the Oxford Martin School of Future Studies. He's the, the only living person who has something like 110 published books, 105 of which are textbooks on computer science. The guy is legendary. He's been there from the very early days of computer science, from the 1940s. He's amazing, right? He actually writes me a letter of reference, right? Another guy called Kevin Warwick. He's a professor at University of Reading. Um, he wrote a book called I, Cyborg, and he was the first person 20 years ago who connected his nervous system to the internet, to his wife's nervous system, who was across the Atlantic in England and he was in the, in the States at the time. And they were uh, communicating telegraphically nervous system to nervous system via the internet 20 years ago, right? The guy is amazing. He's, he was the third person who wrote, actually he's a very funny guy, he has amazing sense of humor. I've interviewed him twice too. And I, now I'm friends with most of those people. So, uh, and so what happened next was I didn't necessarily get accepted. I got put on the waiting list. And so what happened next was I had to wait and sweat for two and a half months. And 36 hours before uh, the program began, they called me and they told me, uh, look, you've been accepted. 36 hours. And just to give you the power of, of, of podcasting and social media and having a strong following, by the way, because that was the whole point, is... Um, so I, for me, going to Singularity University costs $30,000 for 10 weeks. And I told him straight up in my application, if you give me 90% scholarship, no option. I'm not coming. Forget it. For me, it's all or nothing. There is no half and half. You either have to give me full scholarship or none. And as I said, not only is it very competitive to get accepted, but a small fraction of those 80 people that get accepted at the time was maybe half a dozen. Now they have more and more scholarships because they're getting super popular. Um, so it's really crazy to get a scholarship. <laughs> Anyway, I got a full scholarship there. I was totally blown away. I just tweeted, oh my God, I can't believe I'm accepted to Singularity University. One of my Twitter followers read it and was like, you totally deserve it. Wait, I want to buy your plane ticket. I'm like, huh? 
I want to buy your plane ticket. 15 minutes after, never, I've never even met the guy, ever, right? Turns out he's a, a professor of medicine in the University of Alberta, like super cool guy, Dr. Kim Solis. And 15 minutes later, boom, I have a paid plane ticket to, to San Francisco. <laughs> so so that's, that's the power of, of, of podcasting and university. Oh, and by the way, the other thing which made my application stand out was um, a video. And it's horrendous. It's still available. You can still go and see it. It's horrendous. Every time I watch it, I cringe. But basically, you have an optional uh, video that you can decide to submit or not to submit with your application. And I recommend to everybody to submit that. And you have to basically in five minutes sell yourself and tell them why they should accept you, right? How amazing you are and all, the, all those kind of things. And I looked at some of the competition. I was like, yeah, right. So then I was like, okay. I wrote a whole blog post and, and I titled it, Don't Accept Me to Singularity University. Ten reasons why I should not be accepted to Singularity University. And in my video, I start and I give them the ten best real reasons that they really, really shouldn't accept me there. And after I did my best at that for five minutes, I end up by saying, and if after all of those reasons, you'd still disagree with me, I will have no option but to oblige. <laughs> right? And so the, the funny thing was that when I went there, the first day, I don't know any of those people, and they're like, oh, yeah, you're the guy with, like, don't accept me to Singularity University, right? We're so happy you made it. Awesome. I was like, right? And actually, when I go, and, and my video has zero production value. Basically, me, my webcam, and I'm kind of like fumbling and stumbling and reading off a script behind the camera. It's horrible. It's like, I can't believe this, right? It's like the worst thing ever. And I'm not even sure if I'll do it again, but at the time, somehow it worked. So, sorry? Yes, yes. So that's why quality is very important. And quality in terms of audience, Quality in terms, if you're doing interviews for your podcast, quality with the guests on the show. Don't take anything less than the best people in the world that you can get to. You'd be amazed how approachable they are. And it's very hard to get the first few people in the first 10 or 20 episodes, just like it's super hard to get the audience for the first 10 or 20 episodes, but it does get easier. So I'll give you my current version of an email, which I hope creates some value too. Basically, what I do now is this. Uh, be very short, be very brief, and be to the point. So what I say is this. Hi, so-and-so. My name is Nikola Danilov, a.k.a. Socrates, and I'm the blogger behind singularityweblog.com. My blog gets an average 50 to 60,000 unique visitors per month, and my show has Singularity one-on-one, -on -one, has had over half a million episode downloads. For the benefit of those of all my viewers, I would like to invite you to be a guest on my show. I will do my best to fit your schedule, yours. That's it. So the whole email is this big. And I have about 80 or 90% success rate with it, right? 
And mind you, now it's easy for me to say I have half a million views and, and all that stuff. But in the beginning, oh, I didn't have that. All I had was like, I have a blog on this topic and you're an amazing person. And many of those people would actually agree to support your show and they would come. And once they actually check out, because of course, before they say yes, they'll check out. And you can mention somewhere is an extra line that, you know, I've interviewed Peter Diamandis, I've interviewed astronaut Dan Barry, I've interviewed Ray Kurzweil, I've interviewed Aubrey de Grey. And if you're anyone in that field, you know these people and you're thinking, oh darn, if Ray Kurzweil was your, on your show, I'd better come there too, right? Because Ray Kurzweil is like, wow. So, and every field, there are people like that. So if you get one of those people, it gets, doesn't get like instantly easier, but it gets noticeably easier. Okay, so I'm running out of time, so I'm gonna rush through the last few points. So the next thing is number nine. I recommend that you guys write for people, not for search engines. Search engine optimization is important, right? It matters, right? So you have to do the basics. You have to tag the the pictures. You have to do your you know keyword research occasionally. You have to. Um, You have to do the basics, and we can talk about what those are, but some of the most popular blogs in the world, like Seth Godin's blog, for example, Seth Godin is a guy who breaks every single rule about search engine optimization and still gets half a million people a day reading his blog. And sometimes his posts are like two lines or one sentence, and still half a million people go and read him. So if you write for people, if you have that relationship, if you have that interest, search engines would that don't matter because search engines follow people and the smarter the algorithm is the more they care about people and not about some weird programming language or some math algorithm and stuff like that number 10 is be authentic and have integrity right i think that's one of the most important things if you don't have integrity you almost have nothing like you have really nothing um be very cautious about having conflict of interest, right? So last night, yesterday in one of the sessions, somebody made fun of me because I thought something like what she called big words. I said, no self-respecting blogger would put this on their blog. And she was like, oh dear, those are some big words. And maybe they are, but for me, I respect my audience and I respect myself that I am very discriminatory on what I will put on my blog. I don't want to waste your time. I don't want to waste my time. So it has to be something of value. Otherwise, it's not there, period. And don't sell out. So uh, last year, one, uh, one guy was saying something like, oh, if a company comes and gives me free product or something, even if my hair falls off, I'll be like, yeah. And I'm, are you serious? <laughs> Honestly? Like, do you not realize that the internet never forgets? You can do that once, maybe set people up, and then for the rest of your life, people would Google you and this story is going to come up and you'd be done. You'd have no integrity, no credibility, no reputation, done like this. So that's, that's the world we live in, guys. So be authentic, have integrity, don't sell out. That's my advice. Number 11, give first, give often, and give a lot. So instead of going to some other podcaster and saying, hey, look, I have the best blog on your same topic and let's exchange links and come and be a guest on my show, do it the other way around. Figure out what they're doing, how you can help them first, 
And trust me, if they get impressed by what you do for them, they would look you up, they would see who you are, and they would look to see and find ways to help you too. And if, if they don't on a single occasion, when you do that on a large scale, it would come back to you 10 times. I promise you that. Uh, number 12, campaign a cause. Don't sell a product, right? So if you have a business and you want to have a podcast to sell that product, that's totally fine. It's totally legit. You know, I believe that you can make money and have integrity in the same time. I'm, that's how crazy I am. But... Don't be about the product, right? So say if you have a weight loss product, don't talk about your product. Talk about the campaign to defeat obesity. Make that the linchpin, the value that you're talking about. I am against obesity for these and these reasons. And people would converge against uh, around that goal. And then, oh, by the way, I have such and such product. I mean, look at Red Bull. Yesterday we were talking in one of the other sessions, right? They're not about coming, we're going to soup you up with so much caffeine, you're going to be, you know, jumping and skipping around. No, they're about pushing the limits, making the impossible possible. So yes, we're going to take you to the stratosphere and you're going to make the impossible and jump from the highest place ever possible. And that fits very well with their brand, which sells the idea of pushing the limits Extreme lifestyle, the X Games, skateboarding, snowboarding, BMX, perfect. And, and so they're selling the lifestyle and the values of pushing the limits and making the impossible. Oh, and yeah, by the way, everybody who's doing that is also drinking Red Bull. I, by the way, don't drink Red Bull, but it works, obviously, for them. So, as I said, campaign, don't sell a product. Uh, number 13, let others do the marketing for you, but be your own representative, right? So the, one of the best things about having a podcast is that the people that you interview, if they're the best and the most famous people in, your, in that field that you're concerned with, they have a big following. And if they're happy with, and everybody's favorite topic is, I mean, I'm case in point, everybody's favorite topic is their own lifestyle, their own life, who they are, and their work. So if they're happy with the interview that you do with them, they will be the one to promote it for you and you don't even have to ask them. You do an interview with somebody famous, they like it, they're going to tweet it, they're going to put it on their Facebook and their G+, and their following will see you, they'll come to your blog, they'll listen to it, they'll be like, oh, this guy's cool, maybe I can like check out his past episodes, maybe I can sign up for his email, you know, and see what he's going to come up with next. And they'll do the marketing for you and, and you don't have to do much marketing. At the same time, you have to be your own representative, right? So don't get other people to do the relationship, the communication. So if you're thinking, oh, I'm going to get somebody to help me send out the emails for my guests on my show because she's an extrovert or she's a good-looking woman or whatever, and she will be approaching and I'll be just the host of the show, I don't think it works that way. You Only you can be your own best representative. And the, one of the reasons is that you're the one who want to have that relationship with those people, not a third person, because then she's getting the benefit from your hard work, not you. You have to be the face of your, bro your own blog. You have to be your own brand. Um, number 14, do the work. I, that, that's what I say, do the work. You know, there's no shortcuts. Really, I, I can't say you're going to start a podcast in three months, you're going to have half a million hits. Maybe if you have a cool kitty or a cute baby, it could help. 
but that's not a way to have a following and and those people would have no relationship with you they'll come for five seconds of their life and they'll go and they'll forget you to have a relationship you have to struggle you have to fight for every single viewer every time and that's the only way so you have to do the work number 15 and that's where i'm going to stop never give up and eventually you'll get lucky right the chinese have a saying Everything I've accomplished in life, I owe it to luck. And the harder I work, the luckier I get. So I was very lucky to get to NASA and on a full scholarship and to go to all those places. But I worked my ass off for two and a half years to be in a position so that I'm lucky. And when everything lines up, I'm right there at the perfect place at the perfect time. So I was lucky, but I did my best to be in the position to, to turn out to be lucky, right? One of the most inspiring people I met there at Singularity University is an astronaut, Dan Barry. Um, he's the head of faculty. He's been twice in space. For some time, he held the record for the longest spacewalk. He applied for NASA 13 times. The first time he applied was 23. They turned him down. Big deal. Imagine the last time. He was 35, and he had 13 no's. And people were beginning to say, Dan, you got to face reality. And you know, those people are the people who love you the most. They don't want you to have your heart broken, right? They say, it's unrealistic. You know, grow up. You know, you don't have to go to space. You're 35. You've been told 13 times, no, it's not going to happen, right? 13 times he was turned down, and finally he made it. And he made it twice in space. Now, I mean, if that's not having the guts to follow your dreams, I don't know what is. Like, one of the most inspiring people I've ever met. So to recap, the first thing that you should do after we're done today is make a plan. As I said, start with the goal in mind. Start with why. That's the first step. The second step is think about the first thing that you need to do right now to get you going on that journey. Right? Even the longest road starts with a single step. And if you focus on taking one step at a time, you can go incredible distances. One step at a time. And the other thing I like to say is one of my favorite quotes ever uh, goes like this. The reasonable man adapts himself to the world. The unreasonable man refuses to adapt to the world and tries to adapt the world to him or herself. Therefore, all progress depends on the unreasonable man. So what I want to say is just go out there and be unreasonable. Dream the impossible things, and they become possible if you have the guts, the integrity, the discipline, and the persistence to follow them. That's what I believe. Thanks for coming. Yeah.